1967 Six-Day War Understanding the forces involved, the Israelis waited for nine years. The failure of the United Nations allowed the Arabs to make aggressive moves in the hopes of either cutting off Israel from access to the eastern seas or forcing the Israelis into attacking. The Israelis chose to make a preemptive strike in June 1967. The vulnerability of the Arabs was revealed by the drastic way in which Israel improved upon the 1956 Sinai campaign. The whole Israeli plan was based upon precise timing, hard training, accurate striking power, understanding of their own limitations, and proper intelligence, including an accurate psychological assessment of their opponents. The dawn Israeli strikes were launched before the Egyptians customarily were ready for work, and in a surprise move the IAF swept in low from over the sea to the northwest. Within three hours they had attacked 16 airfields with special bombs and cannon fire. Within two days the Arabs had lost 333 aircraft on the ground and 95 in the air, and thus the Israelis had no need to fear either bomber attacks on their homeland or tactical interference with their armies. The strikes employed the principles of concentration, economy of force, and surprise, as well as simplicity, yet flexibility was maintained by ground controllers who could have switched aircraft to new targets as needed. All targets were hit from as low and as close as possible to avoid misses and decoys. Dibbler bombs were dropped from 100 feet to disrupt concrete runways, and cannon were used at ranges of about 100 yards. Yet in both cases, the aircraft flew at speeds of 500 knots. And prior to battle, training had been limited in order that virtually 100% availability of aircraft could be achieved. The Israeli aircraft were then switched to direct support of the army, and the result was blitzkrieg at its best. No attacks were made on civilian centers, so that Arab politicians had the least cause for creating a general will to war. In fact, the Israeli forces have inherited a legacy from the Second World War and polished it to perfection in an arena that is still in many ways the Western Desert. They maintained the initiative by the acquisition of U.S. aircraft, when French sources were closed, and by refusing to sign the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty. The Israelis won a classical campaign, but they found themselves facing a guerrilla war, the logical reaction for the Egyptians and their Soviet advisors. When Israel countered sneak infantry raids with jet strikes against guerrilla bases and deep into Egypt, the Russians shifted from fighter defense to the development of SAM sites. Israeli strikes at these were effective, until a ceasefire was imposed that allowed the Egyptians to carpet their side of the Suez Canal with SAMs. By 1971, it looked as if a standoff had been reached that in turn might lead to a peace settlement if the defense had made the offense too costly. But knowing Israeli determination and tactical ingenuity, and given the religious nature of the nationalistic conflicts in the area, nobody could bet on it. The Yom Kippur War of 1973 Electronics has also been at the heart of air warfare in the Middle East, where drones have replaced manned aircraft in the deadly SAM belt reconnaissance flights, or as decoys to enable the SAMs to be destroyed. Yet Soviet and American equipment continued to be tested there at the tactical level. The Yom Kippur War in 1973 followed on the period of Arab electronic guerrilla war. 
In this encounter, the Egyptians started with the advantage of surprise, but the Israelis reacted with their usual battlefield flexibility on top of their rapid mobilization. The Egyptian SAMs were cleared out by surface forces, and then the Israeli Air Force was unleashed, resulting once again in a rapid victory for a country that cannot afford a long war. Gradually, over the next few years, the Israelis not only made peace with the Egyptians, but were supplied with ever more sophisticated U.S. aircraft and systems, until by the 1980s they had both the McDonnell Douglas F-15A Eagle and the General Dynamics F-16A-B Fighting Falcon. Then they once again showed that surprise could be achieved in launching a daring strike across Arab territory to destroy what they claimed was an Iraqi nuclear bomb plant at Osirak. The small force of F-16s flew a very tight formation that gave a radar signature of an airliner, and its spokesman chattered in Arabic for a complete deception. 